from Hans Oval to Durian Bay Sports Ground, Boulder City to Cable Beach, Pilbara to Peel, covering footy in regional WA. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Hello, week six of our WA Country Footy Podcast. It's great to have your company wherever it is you're tuned in. There's a lot going on in country footy and there's a lot happening towards the pointy end for many leagues. Going to find out a bit more on today's episode. We're catching up with Daniel Hobley now. He's normally the one who's receiving roses. Uh, but we are catching up with him to find out who should be receiving roses in the Mortlock Football Association. We'll also touch on the Eastern Districts Football League as well as finals near and are underway as well. So there's a lot going on throughout the wheat belt. Daniel Hobley's got his finger on the pulse. He's actually coaching in the res. He's an assistant coaching in the league for 2J. So we're going to find out a bit more about what Dan's been up to. Tim Coucher joins us. Tim is the president of the Upper Great Southern Football League, a very powerful league in our state. And we look forward to having Tim join us today. We're going to talk about some of the things that have been happening with the Upper Great Southern as well because very powerful league. They are the reigning Nutriag champions as well since 2019. They've kept that mantle obviously without the carnival this year so we'll talk to Tim about how the teams are progressing towards the end of the season and into the finals with the Upper Great Southern Football League as well. Also, last week we featured the Great Northern Football League, but uh, some news that's just come out of the league this week is that the Great Northern Football League pass on their deeper sympathies to Jason O'Brien's family and all that his beloved club brigades. Jason, a tireless worker for footy in the region, involved in junior and senior footy, had a lot of passion and commitment, and the Great Northern Football League passing on their deepest sympathies. Also, West Coast Poly Player of the Week. Let's get to that because we love supporting the West Coast Poly Player of the Week. We love the opportunity that it gives us to be out and about and supporting our leagues right across this great state. That's what we love about country footy. G'day to Dylan Allen from the Dalwallanew Football Club. He is the West Coast Poly Player of the Week. What's in your mug there, son? I'm just trying to look. I think it actually might just be a serviette. But, uh, Dylan, congratulations on getting yourself up and about and winning that uh, West Coast Poly Player of the Week award. Let's get our first episode underway, or our first guest underway for this week. Let's catch up with Daniel Hobley, who joins us on the WA Country Footy Podcast. Our first guest on our podcast for this week, we head to the Upper Great Southern Football League and what a season it has been for the team there and also for the environment as well. Unfortunately, there was one round where COVID just tapped us on the shoulder in the Upper Great Southern and said, listen here, probably not the best idea. Timmy Couch is with us today to give us some further details. He's the president of the Upper Great Southern Football League. Tim, thanks for taking some time to join us on the podcast, mate. No, it's a pleasure to join you. Now, uh, I do want to go back because COVID did play that bit of a role for you. I suppose with the environment that we're in at the moment, uh, look, it's going to be a talking point for many of our leagues and still continues to be. You just have to look at the environment that we are in. But uh, just that call to make back, oh, I know it's a, a few months ago now, but calling off that one round, mate, has it had a big effect on your season? Uh, not particularly. Um, we've become pretty academic for us. We have Boddington that's based in the Peel region. So once they... Uh, Lockdown Peel and Perth, and we couldn't get in and out of Boddington. It made a very easy decision for our league not to play. Yep. We tried our best. We waited till late on the Friday afternoon before making the decision, but at the end of the day, it was out of our hands. And you weren't able to defend your title. You're still the reigning uh, big dog at Nutrient Ag, mate, for the Upper Great Southern. We are. This is uh, my third and I think final year of being president of the league, so I can honestly say that we are, haven't lost 
uh, the carnival since I've been in charge, so it's great. <laughs> it is good, mate. Hey, uh, still going very strong, though. Hey, but uh, you were happy with the preparations ahead of this, the buy-in from the teams and the clubs and the players, and you, you were looking for a, a big way to, to continue on, were you? Yeah, we did. We had a uh, we had a pretty good side go looking to go down, and Craig Doney was going to coach us, and he'd done a hell of a lot of work to get guys involved. And we probably only had four or five out of our probably top 20 players that were actually unavailable. So that which is a remarkable effort. Yeah, most clubs got really involved with it. And we were pretty confident of defending our title, but we'll uh, we'll try again next year. Last year, it was the Cats who tasted glory. You're just moments away from getting into your finals for this year. But let's just talk about the season. How's it been for you, mate, bar that, that COVID round? It's been exceptional. It's It really has been. Um, been a, our top four was probably decided reasonably early in the season. But in saying that, um, a side like Wickerman, who's finished fifth, I think, won four games of the year, beat two top four sides, which doesn't generally happen in our league once the top and bottom fours separate a little bit. Um, it's sort of, there's not too many upset results, but there has been this year and it's been good and the games have been tight, there hasn't been too many blowouts and um, it's been really good. And from that, uh, I want to talk a bit about your juniors as well and you've had the services of Tony McHale through the Stephen Michael Foundation. Just tell us about how that involvement came about. Yeah, so the Stephen Michael Foundation has been fantastic. So through Paul McGumba, who is the head of the Stephen Michael Foundation and then Liam Anthony and Tony McHale, they pretty much in Norwich and every Monday night um, since nearly February, um, March, taking our boys, both our Colts team and our under-15s Ram side. So, and they've been fantastic. Tony's employed by the foundation. They're one of their coaches. And he has been absolutely amazing with the young kids. He's at the Colts carnival at Coolin. He was it's truly fantastic, and these kids probably don't understand at the moment how big an opportunity it has been to be coached by Tony, mm-hmm. but he's been great, and um, all our juniors have improved out of sight. Um, for example, Brooklyn Pinsley this weekend, I, I just did a quick add-up. Um, in their, They're playing in the first semi-final. They finished third. They've been in the top two nearly all year. They've got seven kids that played or could have played in the Colts Carnival, so it's a really good, and they've improved and gone ahead and leaps and bounds. Great to hear, and I know the services of Tony McHale are highly sought after, especially from a junior level. Is there's something about his coaching style and his his mannerisms that just echoes with the juniors, isn't there? Yeah, he's very calm and calculated. He's a deep thinker, um, and puts that message across. He doesn't rant and rave at them, and they you can see when he's talking to them, they really do listen. So it's great. Mm, it is good, mate. Uh, yeah, how else are things going with the league right across, mate? Your, your thirds, your fours, all those people, they just need a big pat on the back, mate, don't they, for jumping in every week? Yeah, we're probably, I think we're the only league in the state that runs four games every Sunday. So um, we run a, yeah, uh, our D-grade, C-grade reserves in the league. So um, it's, it's, it really is a remarkable effort. It's a very early start if you've got to drive from Pinsley to Catanning to play. Uh, start a degrade game at 9.30 in the morning. So to all those parents that get up and, and the coaches, it's, it really is remarkable. It is great, mate. You do have some big distances that, that are covered in that sort of space, but it's great to have that buy-in too. Hey, speaking of Pindley, earlier this year you had a waffle game out that way. Yeah, I'd really like to thank um, Peter Christie at, uh, and Cam Britt at South Fremantle Football Club. It um, was over a couple of beers at our Leo Grade medal count last year that myself and Peter decided that we probably should bring South Fremantle back to the country. Um, we had a few guys play in their premiership side last year from our league. So um, South Fremantle, to their credit, thought it was a great idea and really got behind it. And we had a great day when South Fremantle played Peel in Pinchley. We had a great crowd there. And um, 
it was a good way to kickstart our season. And I'm just looking at some of the ways in which that's probably helped with your season. You had talk to a mate round which attracted the interest of a couple of former AFL players heading on out your way too, mate. Always good to get that support and help boost up the crowds around the games too. Yeah, it was a credit to um, to West Coast Wolves, who, whose brainchild this was, to host a game in Williams where Matt Prittis, who is playing for Williams, um, and then they co-opted Hayden Ballantyne in to play for Brooks and Pindley for the day. And they had a huge crowd there. It was, you know, 800 to 1,000 people, and which is a massive crowd for our league. And um, they raised a lot of money for men's mental health and, they did a great job and it really is a fantastic initiative and hopefully it's something that will continue going forward. I want to talk about a couple of players at the moment. Nathan Ditchburn's been doing okay in the uh, upper Great Southern Footy League reserves in the Quaker Oats. Give them a bit of a plug for your sponsors as well, mate, in the in the reserves comp for 2021. He's on 44 goals from Cooker and Dumbleyoung and, and Mitchell Wiles on 33. But we switch it over to the league goal kickers and that's where all the big dollars are at, mate. The, the Lloyd Padwicks of the world who get their name up in lights with 61 goals. That's a good achievement so far. And Eric Botha, a great opportunity to, to put some of those players on the spotlight, mate. Who else has had a good season heading into your Ferris and Best Count coming up on Monday? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, the medal count this year. Obviously, um, we've got a few players. Obviously, Matt Prittis, um, proven vote-getter in whatever league he plays in. So I think he'll be right up there. Simon Peneza, I think, has probably finished top three, maybe the last three years or four years. He's a perennial place-getter, but he'll be right amongst it. Um, Cade Stewart, obviously, um, played in the premiership side for South Fremantle last year. I think he'll be right up there. Um, James Moreno also from Catanning um, is a really good player and Tyron Rose so they got three really good midfielders who will all be amongst the votes um, young Kyle Hammersley who played some league football at South Fremantle last year he'll be right up there from Wagen um, only a young kid but he's had a fantastic year in a Wagen side that hasn't won a lot of games but he's probably been their standout player OK well look forward to that big medal count happening on Monday night mate that's after a big round of finals though Saturday you've got Williams and Catanning Wanderers that's at Stubbs Park and then continuing on with the Sunday fixture for Cooker and Dumbleyoung and Brookton Pingley as well so big weekend of uh, finals there for the league teams Yeah it is and the um the game at Stubbs Park, the second semi-final on the Saturday, will win absolute cracker, Williams and Katanning. Obviously, I said Matt Prittis and Simon Panizza before, but they've also got a really good young ruckman and Angus Longmire and um, a really zippy rover in Addison Jew. And then up against Katanning with Kay Stewart, James Reed, Tyne Rowe and Callan Zoom, who's a really good ruckman. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a real midfield battle there at Dunbyung. It's a huge oval. Um, it's be the longest oval in the state, without a doubt, I would imagine. And... Uh, It'll be a really interesting game, mate. Oh, lovely, mate. In the other grades, mate, how do you see those panning out this weekend as well? Uh, in the reserves, I think Brook and Pinsley might be too strong for Narrage. In, in the C grade, in the second semi there, I think Tanning Wanderers will probably get over the top of Narrage in that one. And in the D grade, I think the Tanning Wanderers will beat Wagen in that as well. You mentioned that you're coming to an end on your tenure as president of the Upper Great Southern Football League. It's a very proud, a very strong league as part of our, our state competition, mate. Let's take away the highlight of winning the, uh, the what was the landmark and now the Nutriade Carnival back a couple of years ago. But for you, some other highlights that have probably been more at club or association level. What, what, what are some of those that come to mind quickly without notice? Oh, yeah, just without notice, yeah. I think um, my biggest achievement probably as the president is probably getting the season going last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was really was COVID affected, it was um, I, we, I pushed really really hard. I pushed the clubs really hard to play, um, and I'm glad we did because it's benefited our leagues this year. We've had a 
um, it's been a fantastic competition. And, and even last year, even though it was a shortened season, it was a really good comp. Um, it was probably ruined by grand final day last year in a way that the weather was so bad. But um, it really was, it was great to play. And I think um, small country towns really do need football clubs and um, for people to get together. So I think it's a great thing. Mate, I just want to throw out a couple of your, your great sponsors as well, Sports Power and Quaker Oats. Sports Power sponsoring your fourths and thirds and Quaker Oats bringing you the uh, the league and the reserves. Without the lifeblood of sponsors in our community as well, Tim, it just wouldn't happen. We know that for every single league, every club and no matter what sport. Yeah, absolutely. I would really would like to thank Chris Morn at Quaker Oats for his fantastic support now over a number of years. And also Lindsay George at Sports Fair and Origin. They do a fantastic job. And also I'd like to acknowledge the, um, the WA Country Football League sponsors in Belt Up. Talk to a mate. Um, there's a few others I'm missing. Um, but they've been fantastic to us. And um, Think Mental Health the other one. Yep. But they've been really good and it's great that we can get their support. And CB8 sponsor our final series. So we do thank those guys as well. Good on you, mate. Thanks for catching up with us, Timmy. All the very best of luck, mate. I hope to catch up with you perhaps later on for a... A nice reflective ale to be able to talk about your time as a president with the Upper Great Southern Football League. It is, as we mentioned, a very proud league and, and been going many a long time and got a lot of support throughout the wet belt, mate. So thanks very much for catching up with us and enjoy your final series, which is on us this weekend. We will do. Thank you very much. WA Country Footy Podcast continues into the Mortlock Football League and we've got a lot going on through the Mortlock at the moment as the finals are just underway. We've got a little bit of a taste this weekend. We've got uh, some big games coming up for us as well. Second semis between Gamaling and 2J. Someone who's going to feature as part of that is Dan Hobley who's with us today. Dan, good to have a chat to you, mate, and uh, welcome to our podcast, buddy. Hey, Glenn. Yeah, great to chat, mate. Been a little while, so yeah, good to touch base, mate. Uh, looking forward to what you've got to say about 2J, because I know that's very close to home, mate. But let's look at the league overall throughout 2021, mate. It was a, a great season for the Mortlock Football Association and for the league itself. Uh, we had some big, big wins. We had some some games which were played, and we spoke to the uh, uh, the Central Midlands, co- uh, sorry, the Central uh, Coastal over there last week. But I want to talk about Gamaling. They have had a very, very good season, rewarded with the second semi-final berth against you guys this week. Yeah, look, Gamaling um, probably competed there for with Gingin there for a while. Glenn has probably been the best side in the competition. Uh, Gamaling's midfield, I think, probably been the big key. Had a lot of injuries for their reserves and league side earlier, early in the season and to the midway part of the season. But their midfield has certainly got on top over the last five to six rounds and uh, rounds, I should say. Um, and they just work together as a team. I think the biggest question probably of 2J over the last six or seven weeks of where their form has dropped away is, I don't think our boys have worked as a team, but Melling certainly um, uh, signify that, hence why they've made that top two. So they're going to be hard to beat. I'll give you a tip. Darren Wiley getting up last week over Jinjin. Uh, that was a, uh, a bit of an upset, would you say, mate? Because Jinjin finishing third. Uh, Darren Wiley managed to get a very convincing win over them on the weekend. Glenn, I'd have to agree, mate. Um, the thing about this ladder is this. You know, roughly would have been probably a month ago, Jinjin was sitting one game clear on top of the ladder. So there'd have to be something said at the crumble sheer crumble of that footy club for their league prospects of where they've gone one month ago sitting on top of the ladder, a game clear in a pretty decent situation with the reserves also on top of the ladder and to go out being beaten by 10 goals um, in a first semi-final. I can't remember a, such a drop-off 
um, as bad as that in country football for a long time. They were very disappointing in the second half. I thought Jin Jin really started well. They kicked five goals, one to Darren, three goals, one in that opening quarter within the first semi. They're on track half time. They trailed by four points. But then that second half, Darren just completely took over. Just to give you an idea, they've probably got five to six players who are absolutely, well, they're just genuine monsters out there. Probably ranging between 195 centimetres to that 198. Uh, they've got a you know, key position at center back, some key positions within their rucks across their half-forward line. They're a very, very big side. And it just goes to show when you've got blokes like uh, Smith, who kicked seven goals for Darren, Malcolm Yaron, who's really featured over the last probably month or so, kicking a lot of goals for Darren, including nine. And players like Blackwell and Jones, too. Big men uh, with big jobs to do, and they certainly uh, put Gingy to the sword in that second half. Malcolm Yaron, a genuine talent. Okay, mate, over into the reserves, and I know you've got a vested interest here with 2J, but um, the semi final last week was a big one to Kalingari last week, getting, to, getting up 21 8, 134 over 3 3, 21 over Dal yeah, probably um, in fairness to Kalingri, there's a couple of league players that have qualified and dropped back, but they still have put together a very, very good side. They're going to be certainly dangerous. Whoever's going to be the loser this weekend in the second semi-final between us and Jin is going to have their work cut out. Uh, Dan King in that side, playing across that scenario forward, really straightening up their structures up there, booted five. Derbyshire also a class player, kicking five goals on the weekend. And former Sydney Swan in Elijah Taylor, if you don't mind. Uh, Glenny yep. rolling around their midfield. So in the reserves. His, well, in the reserves, yes. But he's obviously, had his, he's obviously had his issues, and there's an agreement with the, to my knowledge, with the WA Football Commission and um, well, aspects of the law that he had to come back and play a percentage of games within country football if he wanted to play football at all. So I'm not completely all over that. Yep. But that's what I've been hearing throughout the season 2021. Hence why he's been playing majority of reserves football. But look, they're a class team. They were too strong for Dow Wallenew. Dow Wallenew, I spoke to a couple of their blokes at the Boatman Medal Count. They threw a side out there. They were a little bit banged up. So, you know, they'll be back next year and, and be better for it. But, you know, there was a good chance then to play some kids in uh, final footy. So, unfortunately, it was a bit of a hiding. But you get that and you move on. 2J, just having the depth at the moment, Dan, and I know this is your, your, where your vested interest comes in. You're the coach of the reserves and your assistant coach up there at the, the top end as well, mate. But um, just describe how the season has been for 2J, finishing second for both. Yeah, so, well, I can go from the reserves to start with. Yeah. Uh, we had a, both the league and reserves have had indifferent starts to the season. They played Gamaling in round one. Gamaling were too strong for us back then um, in both games of where Gamaling got the jump um, and beat us by basically the margin that they jumped us with in kicking at four or five goals early and they were the margins. We went on then to give a summary to win our next 11 games. I think truly that we're the only real reserve side with this competition. I think we've played a consistent brand of football. When I say the only typical reserve side is because we've played majority of our reserve players all year, if not 98% of them. Um, the other sides, I'm thinking Gingin and Kalingari will have a bit of a league influence. So we pride ourselves on giving our locals a go, um, and we also pride ourselves on playing our kids going forward and, and, and rewarding them for good form and sticking around and training and, and, and being consistent. And it's no disrespect to you know, Kalingari, but we certainly see ourselves as genuine underdogs going into this second semi final. I think our form's been very good um, of late. Um, our hit outs with Jinjin, to give you an idea, in round four, we beat them by two points. In the last round of the year, uh, we only out after having a kick on the siren, after the siren uh, landed goal square. So there's nothing between the two sides. 
There's some big matchups. They've obviously got some very impressive players there in uh, in McCallum, who plays across at full forward. Um, yeah, Lee McCallum's been around for a long time. Coach Brooks and Pingley. I used to work with his daughter, Danny. Oh, not daughter, I should say sister. Um, and yeah, so the cut of it is, is that they're a very good side. And they set up well in that midfield. Uh, we're going to have our work cut out, but we believe that uh, we're good enough. And if we play our best four quarters of football, I'm, I'm very positive and confident that we can get the job done. Mate, uh, you've got the assets of Dylan Burgess, who's uh, a very good player, and so too... Michael Entwistle, he's had some good seasons this, or has had a good season this year. Big Benny Jenkins, who's uh, who, <laughs> who can run, uh, but he's also an, another big man that that's been a great asset for TJ this year. Yeah, when you look at the league side, Ben is certainly a massive key. Um, probably, you know, he'd probably admit it. Over the last month, he's probably been a bit banged up and probably not playing the as best of footy as he would have liked. But he's the type of bloke that really relishes finals conditions. Um, you know, around here famously sort of, you know, broke part of his leg during the grand final in 2019 and played it out. But I would agree with uh, Fife, yes, we call Michael F. Whistle because none of us can uh, relay his uh, last name. So we call him Fife. He's a class player. He's got a lot of X factor, a huge amount of X factor. Can kick some goals out of nowhere, can play in the midfield, can play across half back, can play across half forward. Certainly he's a very, very versatile player. And then you lean on blokes like Dylan Burgess. A class act, class player. If he can have a good final series, that will go a long way forward for PJ to um, get amongst it and go through the grand final. But I would say that it could be the key for PJ. I think they're defensively, they're, they have got a really strong back six. Uh, their field's very, very strong. Where they do fall down, though, is having forward options. Bill Jones has kicked 45 goals plus this season. Been impressive, but they've had injuries to Connor Toop and they've lacked a crumbing forward that hasn't consistently really been playing or been in that slot because of injuries and maybe some indiscipline. So, yeah, it's just been form, really, in that forward line. And you've got to kick goals, Glenn, to win yep. finals in key moments. And if 2J don't rectify that in the finals, then it's going to be a battle. Uh, I just want to switch over now to the Boatman medal, mate, and the, the recent count. It's great to see the, the association, the league, coming together for uh, a great night, mate. Just give us a, a rundown. Yeah, so giving you a rundown, essentially, mate, uh, we'll start with the Boatman medal count there for the league. So the winner in the end, uh, Dylan Allen, a clear winner from the Dowell and New Bulldogs Sport Club. He finished on top, quite clear, really, on 18 votes. Uh, a brilliant season. Um, for more reports, I mean, I got him to see him twice during the year, Dylan Allen. A real class player, hard as a cat's head, goes hard, um, just works both ways. So a definite deserving winner of that medal. Runner-up was Dylan Burgess. I don't think, uh, for more reports, Dylan probably had his best second half of the season when PJ struggled. Certainly had a very, very good first half of the season. So that's where he probably landed with the 13 votes to uh, be the runner-up. And as I said, um, the third position, we'll round it out with a third, was probably a guy that I didn't expect to poll as many votes as the actual 2J coach in Corey Higgins, who finished on 13 votes. So, um, yeah, I think... Muddy, as we famously call him down here, I think he was quite surprised how well he went vote-wise, but it was a very uh, interesting medal count. And, um, yeah, the netball girls were involved in the night for the first time, along with the hockey. So the association doing the right thing while bringing everyone together. I love that, mate. Love hearing that story right across our regional leagues, mate. I know you've got a bit of a finger on the pulse with the EDFL as well. Hyde and Kilgarren are into the final already, but it'll be between Narrambeam and Corrigan this week when the prelim final gets underway. Who's your pick to take on Hyde and Kilgarren in a week's time? 
Yeah, two very, very good sides. Uh, the Hawks, I think, are probably going to be my tip. But Corrigan has been one of the form sides over the actual duration of the last six or seven weeks. But I'll probably tip the Hawks. I think they've got a little bit more uh, options up forward and probably a little bit more class on the outside uh, with their midfielders. I've uh, got a couple of silks out there. So, yeah, look, I think Narrabeen would be my pick for that. So Narrabeen, Hyden, Kilgarran in the EDFL that will be broadcast, I believe, by Footy Radio, mate. You might have an interest in that too. Yeah, sort of have the old finger in the pie these days, Glenn. Everywhere you go, you've got to live your life. And I love my footy. So, yeah, all reports, I'll go out there and uh, help uh, Acker out, um, Ian Mack and McNeil. So, yeah, we'll go out there and uh, take care of the grand final, Lenny Luck. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, covering that for footy radio and just absolutely love those types of days. And haven't called an EDFL grand final before, so it'll be interesting to go out that way and uh, get stuck in. Good on you, mate. All the very best of luck. Normally I'd ask for a tip for the weekend ahead for the uh, the Mortlock Football League, but uh, with a vested interest in both, mate, I'll do the professional <laughs> yeah. thing and say, may the winner be football. <laughs> yeah, mate, I think... I'd probably run with that one, Glenny. Uh, yeah, pretty much a one-eyed line, mate. So, so good luck to all teams on the weekend. And um, main thing is, is everyone stay safe and uh, don't drink and drive and get home safe. Dan, thanks very much for your time, mate. Look forward to a bit of a season cap, I think, uh, for, for all of those leagues that you're involved with, mate, even calling out there the EDFL. Uh, I know you keep your eye on the Central Wheat Belt, the Avon, and, of course, the Mortlock as well. And you've got a little sports show that happens on a Saturday morning through Triple M Airways as well, mate. So, Dan, thanks very much for joining us today on the podcast. We look forward to hearing you again in a couple of weeks for a bit of a wrap-up of all those leagues. Pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Thanks. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Well, the WA Country Footy Podcast takes in leagues right across our great state and one of the powerhouses of our West Australian Country Footy Leagues is none other than the Southwest Football League. They are led by Barry Tate. He's a past president of the Margaret River Footy Club. He's currently the president of the Southwest Football League and is also on his way through to Geraldton because he's also an executive member for the WA Country Footy League. We join him in the car. I can tell you he's not driving, but but, uh, Barry, it's great to have you involved with our podcast this week. Thanks very much, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Now, how's the season been down your way, mate? We've got uh, Augusta Margaret River, who's just popped up in 2021 and said, hang on a minute, we want a share of this pie. It's been a little while since they've been up and about. Yeah, Augusta Margaret has been sitting out outside the pie for a couple of years now and um, they're showing something that they could be a uh, good force into the finals. And uh, at the moment... Uh, this weekend, which is our final round, uh, the Gusta Margaret and Bunbury are paying, playing off the top spot. If, if Margaret win by more than three and uh, three goals and, and Bunbury win by, say, one goal, Margaret top, tops them in the uh, the uh, outside for the premiership um, going going into the premiership. So Now, tell me this. I've heard a little rumour during the week as well that there's about an hour difference between knowing the result between a couple of games. Is that right? So that will help mould your finals, but also I suppose you'll be knowing some sort of result and having that at the back of your mind with that hour gap and some perhaps anticipation. Well, you do some, we have games on Saturday and we have games, games on Sunday. So some games will be uh, played there. And so that, so they'll know what they need to get before they you know come off into the, uh, into the to the next day. Yeah, because the Hawks have got uh, Kerry Park this week, I think, and then uh, the other game is Bunbury and South Bunbury. So it'll be an interesting scenario that we've got this week. But uh, nonetheless, it's been a very, very big year for you and great to see Bunbury and Augusta Margaret River. They're right up there at the top. But, Barry, I can safely say that you couldn't discount uh, Harvey, Brunswick, Leshenholt or at least Bustleton at this stage as well. They've both had good seasons too. 
Oh, absolutely. Obviously, the top five's already made up for the finals, but uh, yeah, you wouldn't write, I wouldn't like to ride off Bustleton, and they just probably the, could be the sleeping giants down there. To, could, could come up and, and give them something, but they did play in the grand, grand playoff in the grand final last year, and they'll they'll rem- remember that probably quite clearly. Barry, you're a very strong league. I know you've got a great affiliation with the the West Australian newspapers, and they cover off your league. So, how much, in terms of commentary and, and video each week, how much has that added to some extra exposure for not only for the league but also for sponsors? Oh, we we've got a great coverage. We have a radio, yeah, the radio company uh, company uh, runs this Kwem uh, does it on a weekly basis, and we've got obviously uh, we've got we get uh, televised every week. They pick a game uh, out and they uh, televise that. So, which yeah. That people can sit back and watch, uh, if they're not not at the uh, game itself. And has that affected your numbers at the game? Oh, I don't think our numbers have been great. Uh, we, we well, we've had solid numbers uh, at our games, but it just gives that flexibility when, you, uh, say, you're working on you know, night shift or, or or day shift somewhere, you can actually uh, watch the watch the game or, or, or on the next day. So it's, it's great, and it's good for some of the coaches to review the. Uh, Tell all the, the uh, coverage so they can look for the next week. Yeah, definitely. And is that something that you believe, Augusta? I know you're pretty close to this question, so it's almost half loaded for you. But uh, Augusta, Margaret River, have they gone back and looked at the tape and looked at their style of game against others? Do you think? Oh, look, they've got a little bit of a different style to other other uh, teams, and uh, and then and, and, and at this stage, uh, teams have nullified it as well as others. But uh, like Bunbury's had their measure for the first, for the two rounds they've played, um, so. The end of that, but they'll. I know Jamo uh, down there. He will make sure that uh, they'll be up and ready to go when they when they come to play in the finals next week. If you've got a team that's consistent over all four of your grades, it's got to be Bustleton at the moment. They're sitting top of the Colts ladder, rather pretty up there. Just the three losses for them so far. Third on the reserves ladder uh, for the women. They've been doing very well, and they have knocked off uh, South Bunbury throughout the season as well. Plus, they're sitting in fourth position on the league ladder. So, from an all-round club sort of feel, you would say that uh, Bustleton have probably got that covered at the moment? Oh, they, they're very consistent down in Bustleton and uh, I know Louis, the coach, is his last year, I heard. So they'll be doing it for him. Uh, he's a well-respected uh, coach in the Southwest Football League. Uh, but yeah, like I wouldn't like to write off, you know, Harvey Brunswick uh, reserves are sitting on top and, uh, and Bunbury are very, a very solid club. And but. I, I don't mind looking at uh, South Bunbury. You know, they could be a little surprise packer as well. Yeah, OK. Now, let's talk about their women team because it's led by Michelle Harris. Michelle was a coach of the WA Country Footy League women's team, the first ever one. Got to be proud with that representation, but also proud of the eight or nine ladies or thereabouts who also participated in that game from the southwest. Oh, we, yeah, we had nine in in that state side from representing from the southwest, and obviously Michelle was the... Uh, Coach and, and Michelle's been around for quite a while. Very experienced coach, and she you know, she does a great job. And she pulled those girls together, which they only met met each other for probably two hours prior. So she did an outstanding job, and and all those girls who played in that state game against the uh, the MOs was it was outstanding to watch. And, and gee, was, it, we put there was a big crowd there at uh, Fremantle Oval. Yeah, great to see, mate. And the strength of your women's competition keeps growing, doesn't it? Oh, look, we we got some great numbers there, and. And, and, and look, and it's, we've we've probably got the uh, top four, top four or five sides uh, very consistent, and the bottom sides probably that's just lacking a little bit. But they they're moving up, and they they're starting to be, become uh, a, a good solid outfit as well. So yeah, look, we we've got good numbers and good good uh, girls who just love the game. 
Barry, how do your juniors go uh, in terms of numbers? You've got a very broad area down there in the southwest and obviously a good funnel system with the, the 10 clubs that you do have. Uh, is it very strong at the grassroots level considering the amount of competition from other sports? Yeah, we've got a yeah, we've got a good a good uh, relationship with our juniors. We have two meetings a year with both executives, so we we try to get a good understanding of what they're doing, and likewise, they know what we're doing. So we're moving forward as a as a group, um, and 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 look, lot of lot of uh, team. We got over five thousand uh, juniors playing every weekend, so a lot to cover, and obviously it gives us good uh, build up for the. Um, the senior side. And you're up and coming rising stars, mate. Uh, when it comes to some of those juniors who are doing well at, the, at your very young level, going up to that next step, have you got your eye on a few of those who perhaps could be knocking on a, a berth up into the, the waffle very soon? Oh, look, there's a lot without naming anyone, but I think there's some good outstanding and we've got some good coaches down in the juniors which are delivering those uh, um, those uh, good quality players and obviously having Jamie Dowse uh, from the football commission, running his eye over everything and being very consistent over a long, long period of time. Um, but there's, there's always been a good uh, flow on up to the waffle, and um, now the waffle. You know, and I'll give Phil Funder a, a wrap here. I know the guys there; they've uh, really consolidated and coming down and being part of our so um, which is fantastic. I know, I know, I understand these Perth and, and Swans uh, do as well, but. I have to give big reps to uh, to fund what they're doing at present. Mate, you've been part of... I'm just going to step away from the Southwest Footy League for just a few minutes. You've been part of the WA Country Football League executive since 2015, and I know you're in the car at the moment and you're heading off to uh, to Geraldton for the weekend, but just tell us about what the executive means for you and being part of helping form uh, some great governance for football in country Western Australia. Look, I enjoy it part of the WA Country Football League and this weekend it's pretty important we, we, get, we go out to the country region once a year we went to Bunbury last year we're to uh, Geraldton this week and we actually catch up with the football commissioners as well so we have a meeting with them and we go out and see what's going on out and out there and that's very important to me that to make sure that you know, we know what's going on so we can deliver and, 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 and talk to people and that instead of just sitting sitting down and in different areas and not understanding what's going on, you get out there and have a chat. And we, and on the Sunday we go and talk. We go and visit the junior competition as well, which obviously will be there up and about in Geraldton on the weekend. With uh, I'll be on that, and then all of our executives will be uh, have a concert. Get a short falls are and where we can prove and, and we can um, be make sure we have you know, the grassroots is successful and if. I mean, it's big for me to make sure the grassroots is, is, is surviving and obviously the biggest conversation is what can the AFL do for us and we always press the button. We need to uh, make sure the AFL is in to make sure we we, we are improving. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big job, uh, but geez, it's good to be able to do something outside of work sometimes. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. And I know you're in the, the car with a couple of uh, executive as well, so we'll send our cheerio out to Greg and to Brendan who are uh, hearing you have a chat to us while you're in there. And I know that the line's a bit bit groggy at the moment, mate, but hopefully we, we were able to get all of that message across. Um, and then for you, mate, the end of the season is, is approaching. The Hayward medal is just around the corner as we switch back to the Southwest Footy League. Um, I know that you didn't want to name many of the players, especially those younger ones coming through, but have you got a standout at this stage, Barry, who you think could be uh, topping up for the the Hayward medal when it pops up in a couple of weeks? 
Uh, it, was a, it was a great special day. Name anyone because I don't want to put anyone, any uh, mocker on anyone, but obviously we, you know, we got former, you know, Jesse Crines had a, you know, you know besides a, a couple of injuries on the way, you have to look at, you know, get the Margaret. They got Simon Moore, um, being very solid at Augusta uh, Margaret, very, very consistent player. Then you, then you, then you can roll over just quickly. Uh, looking at where I'm thinking. Uh, and obviously at Bunbury, there's some players that could be uh, in contention. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it's hard to name anyone, but, uh, you know, probably my standout is Simon Moore, who's had a very successful year at Augusta Margaret. Okay, mate, we're going to leave it there with your chat for us today, Barry. Thanks very much for joining us on the WA Country Footy Podcast and enjoy your weekend in Geraldton. We'll hopefully catch up with Colin Cox to give us a bit of a run-through of that one next week. But it's always good to hear the Southwest Football League is one of the powerhouses of football in Western Australia. And we appreciate your time with us today, Barry, on the podcast. Well, it's that's a little bit different, don't we? Is a bit of a transition, as we call it, in the podcast world. We normally play something like this. But our chat with Barry Tate turns south as he's heading north to Geraldton as part of the WA Country Footy League executive. They've got a big meeting happening and a big cooperation together uh, with the Great Northern Football League this weekend. We wish them all the very best of luck. Now, it's been a late podcast dropping this week. Apologies there. So uh, those who have been following us along and subscribers have been looking all over the place for the podcast over the last few days, thinking that we'd we'd snatched it. No, well, it still continues on and we'll be back bigger and better next week. Um, We've got a big focus on these podcasts to talk about women's football and the growth of it in our country areas because guess what it is absolutely massive and it's not going anywhere soon next week Isha Christie joins us out of the Goldfields Football League Isha has been a former player a former coach and somebody who is now a uh, portfolio manager of women's football for the Goldfields Football League and they've had a year this year too we'll talk to Isha Christie about that on our next podcast and hopefully as we mentioned we'll catch up with Colin Cox Colin is the man at the top of the Great Northern Football League, but he's also hosting the WA Country Footy Executive this weekend in Geraldton as well. Right, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the news happening. And if you want your league featured, hey, send me an email. News at industrylinkmedia.com is the email address or give us a holler and we'll try and get some details up and about for your club, your organisation, your league, whatever it is you're up to next week. A lot of finals going on this week. There's some semis getting underway. There's prelims and others. A couple of grand finals around the place and we'll throw in some good measure some last couple of rounds of games as well good luck to all teams good luck to all leagues good luck to all players this weekend when it comes to your wa country footy the wa country footy podcast is produced by industry link media 